0: all right, dads, the world has been watching the Russian-Ukraine war and all of the atrocities that are taking place. My guest today is a dad who was on the ground in Ukraine when the war broke out. Fox News correspondent Lucas Tomlinson joins me on the podcast today. Lucas contributed to Fox News Channel's live coverage surrounding Russia's invasion of Ukraine, providing 24-7 coverage live on the ground. He worked with both Fox News fixer Sasha and cameraman Pierre, who were killed outside of Kiev. Prior to his coverage in Ukraine, Lucas contributed to the Fox News Channel coverage surrounding the withdrawal of American troops from Afghanistan. We all know what a debacle that was. Lucas is a graduate of the United States Naval Academy. We are going to discuss how all of these events have affected him, not only as a Fox News correspondent, but as a father as well. Lucas Tomlinson will be here with me in just a few minutes. So please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Lucas Tomlinson was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. Lucas is holding his four-month-old baby during this interview, so if you'd like to watch the conversation between the Fox News channel correspondent and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you enjoyed today's interview with Lucas Tomlinson, you may want to go check out some of the other Fox News dads that have stopped by the podcast here and check out my interviews with guys like Sean Hannity, Pete Hegseth, jesse waters will kane john roberts and many of the other fox news channel dads that have joined me here on the podcast all available for you to listen to at your convenience and a few of the fox news dads are featured in my new book first class fatherhood advice and wisdom from high profile dads which is now available for pre-order on amazon barnes and nobles walmart target and other outlets it launches nationwide April 12th, so go pre-order your copy today. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Be sure you follow me on Instagram, at Alec underscore Lace, for all the upcoming guest announcements. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit me with a rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please let me spread the word about the podcast to your father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Lucas Tomlinson. I'm Alec and You're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Lucas Tomlinson. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alex. Great to join you. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have? How old
1: are they? I have three children. My oldest, Davis, is seven and a half years old. My daughter, Harper, is five. And this little guy right here, John Paul, is four months old.
0: Wow. Okay. Wow. Congratulations there. Are you guys all done or are you going to look to tie it up? Uh, I think we're all done. Okay. Uh, If you could, Lucas, please uh, just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay. Well, I'm a correspondent with the Fox News channel. I just got
1: back from five plus weeks in Ukraine. Uh, Normally I cover the Pentagon and it was the honor of a lifetime to – to go report in Ukraine on, on what's become just a, an, an insane war uh, after Vladimir Putin invaded the country.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to touch on that uh, in just a second here. If you could, then, you said seven and a half years. So take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey then. About how old were you when you first became a dad and how did that experience kind of shift your perspective on life?
1: Oh, well, I was about 36 years old and I had a profound change in my life. In fact, I, I look at... Uh, You know what I've done since fatherhood. And I like to say I've done some of my best work as a father because I knew it wasn't just about me. It was about the family, not just supporting a family, but uh, trying to be
0: as successful as I could so I could take care of them. Yeah, very well said. And and then you mentioned obviously being uh, over there and on the ground in Ukraine. Uh, Lucas, one of the one of the most, um, I I guess, things that affected me so much was seeing the Ukrainian dads saying goodbye to their kids, uh, saying goodbye to their wives as they were staying behind to fight the war. Uh, Those were some of the most emotional images I saw at the onset. What was it like for you being there uh, at the start of this, especially being a dad and thinking of your own family? What was your thought process as this whole thing started to unfold? Well, Alec, that was probably one of the
1: most profound scenes I saw in my time on the ground in Ukraine. You know, I started in the capital of Kiev and then I was moved out to western Ukraine to Lviv. And of course, the big story out there is the refugee crisis. You know, almost 10 percent of the Ukrainian population has fled the country. About a quarter of all Ukrainians have been displaced uh, from their homes. So you see families constantly coming through western Ukraine. And as you mentioned, normally it's just uh, the mothers and the sons and daughters, because President Zelensky issued a decree that all military age males have to stay and fight. And I'm not even sure it took a presidential decree, Alec. I mean, most men there were willing to do whatever it took uh, to defeat the Russians, and they're doing a pretty good job of it as we speak. But being at the train station, especially in Lviv, Sikh families come off the train, I saw at one point uh, you know, mothers and daughters, uh, one couple and a couple, but one mother and daughter in particular, just crying, crying their guts out. Uh, it's gut wrenching. Uh, you know, these people, they don't know where they're going next. They don't know what the next destination is. Uh, some of them are going to stay in western Ukraine. Some of them are fleeing to Poland. Over two million refugees have fled to Poland. And it's just a heartbreaking scene. Uh, Vladimir Putin's war, it's, it's ripping the country
0: apart and it's ripping families apart. Wow. Yeah. Devastating stuff, Lucas. And how how did that, how did that impact you as a dad, knowing that you have kids, you got a little four month old at home. I mean, what what was your thought process? How were you able to kind of separate that, you know, being away from your family and focus on, on the task at hand there? Well, I don't
1: think I needed to separate it, Alec. I thought it made a profound impact on my reporting because I knew a, a bit of what they were going through. Obviously I wasn't separating for life, but I know what it's like to be apart from my family. You know, I was in the military before I Uh, was in Fox. And, you know, I know as a single guy deploying, I did three deployments in the U.S. military. I didn't have a family. So for me, it was all about myself. And you asked earlier about what it's like working with a family as opposed to before. Uh, You know, you want to help your family. You don't want to be away from them. And it's very hard. Uh, I just know in conversations I had, thanks to, to FaceTime with my own family, you know, my kids at times would say, when are you coming home, dad? When are you coming home? So I would think about it when I would see these these heartbroken kids, you know, again, just kids four, five, six, ten years old, crying as they're being led by the hand. They don't know where they're going. You know, how children are—they don't like strange places or they, they like a routine. And when you see these children stepping off trains, going into the unknown, it had a very profound effect on my reporting. And I, I certainly think I was probably uh, more equipped than I would have if I was single being a report on that. Uh, just being able to, you know, tell their stories because that was the goal when I was in the Ukraine, Alec, is to give a voice to these families, give a voice to these Ukrainians. Uh, some people that probably didn't think they had a big voice, uh, they had one when we put them on Fox
0: News. Wow, incredible stuff. And thank you for your service, Lucas, before I forget to say that. And my, I have four kids myself. My youngest is seven. I know you're, you said your oldest is seven. Do you do they have does your oldest have any idea about what's going on? How have you explained kind of the situation over in Ukraine, what daddy is doing over there? How much of it are they aware of and how do you kind of communicate that with them?
1: I'm a little biased on this one, but my son, Dave, is a pretty sharp kid, Alec. And one night after my special report package aired, I called him afterwards and asked if he watched. And he goes, Dad, why isn't Ukraine in NATO and I tell you what i i my my work was done at that point, Alec, I could have died the next day it was I was just so touched, and I said, "Son, that is the question of the moment, It's what a lot of people are asking and my wife Ann later said that she didn't say anything to him. he came up with that all on his own, so Uh, I certainly was proud of him. He's been following along. You know, we are Washington Post subscribers here at the House. Of course, we watch the Fox News channel constantly. And so he's a news junkie, Uh, you know, whether it's sports, weather or current events. uh, We're keeping up with it in the Tomlinson household. So this is a news family for sure.
0: Very cool. And and obviously, uh, very sad news to hear when Fox News lost two uh, of their people over in Ukraine. Were you there when that happened? And how did that kind of impact you or, and your family, your wife? Did she say, hey, no more of this uh, Ukraine uh, visits for you? How did that kind of impact you personally?
1: Well, Pierre and Sasha, I did work with them for a short time in Kiev when I was there for over two weeks. And speaking to both of them, just the kind of people that within a short time, you felt like you have become best friends. And it says a lot about individuals. And, and Pierre, uh, we shot a number of interviews together. We went to Chernobyl together. Uh, and I, he's just an incredible man. You know, he was embedded with Ahmad Shah Massoud, uh, great guerilla, Afghan guerrilla fighter back in the 80s, uh, fighting the Soviets. And he's, I don't think he's missed a scrap since, Alec. He, you know, for for decades deployed to really the world's uh, worst war zones to to cover uh, first as a freelancer and then as a member of the Fox News Channel and he was a legend at Fox. Uh, everybody knew about Pierre because whether it was Libya, Sudan, Gaza, Afghanistan, Iraq, there was Pierre shooting. Uh, you noticed that when my colleague Trey Yinks they came under fire uh, in eastern Ukraine uh, right before the right before the invasion. You saw Pierre. Everybody was scrambling for cover. You didn't see the camera shake. I mean, Pierre was just walking. And I spoke to him later and I was like, Pierre, man, you're so cool under fire. And he goes, oh, mate, don't worry about it. That was just they were just firing over our heads. That was just a little warning shot. If it was closer, you would have known. And Pierre, his mantra was keep smiling. And our last correspondence, uh, when I was talking to him about it, another, uh, you, know, you know, package he had worked on and, and had some reporting, he wrote me and he said, Hey, man, it's so important to tell these stories about these brave Ukrainians. It's my duty. It's my honor. And he, he signed off. Keep smiling. So that's something I'll never forget. Uh, he left a profound impact on me in just a short time. I know many of my colleagues have worked with him for decades. Uh, but for me, uh, those two weeks was incredible. And Sasha, it's, it's important that we don't forget about her. You know, we throw this term fixer around in the news business, but make no mistake. uh, Think of a fixer as just a jack of all trades, like a Swiss army knife. She could get you an interview with President Zelensky. She could just go run, get anything. Obviously, uh, an invaluable interpreter Uh, out in the field. You know, you rely on I don't I don't say the word translator because you need somebody to interpret uh, what people are saying, not just a word for word translation. And she was incredible about that. She was a big member of the Fox family, member of the team. And you know when you're in the field, you work with these you know these people almost 24 seven, except when you're sleeping, obviously. But every day. So while it's just a, a short time for me, I, I missed them both,
0: and I greatly valued uh, the
1: experience because they were just incredible professionals.
0: Yeah, very well said. And I did remember seeing you know the tributes pouring in. So. Uh, obviously, one of the sad stories to come out of this thing for Fox uh, in particular. And then bringing it back into you, a dad here uh, as a dad, Lucas, what, what kind of disciplinarian would you say you are as a father? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with?
1: <laughs> it's a great question, Alec. If my wife was here, she'd say I'm not enough of a disciplinarian. <laughs> I don't know how it is with other dads, but for me, after a long day at work, uh, it's hard to come home and, 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 you know, just, you know, unload on your kids if they do something uh, that they deserve punishment for, uh, generally I'm, I'm the nice guy. My, my wife, uh, brings the hammer mostly. Although, uh, today this, if we were doing this earlier when I was trying to get my kids to school, you know, sometimes you do have to raise your voice a little bit, especially, you know, you know, we weren't running late today, but, uh, Let's just say I'm not the disciplinarian. I would like to a little more because you, you asked, you know, what was it like as a, as a child? And, you know, my, my parents didn't mess around. You know, I came from a, a very strong mother. Uh, and in fact, she was probably more the disciplinarian. So uh, maybe that's why, uh, you know, we kind of fall into our roles. But, uh, you know, it's important. Discipline is very important, right? I mean, deadlines. You know, last night I was working uh, with my son on his homework, and I thought he was rushing through it a little bit. So uh, when it comes to homework, I'm definitely – Pretty serious, just because I know the potential. My son, he's doing great in school. And sometimes when I see him rushing through things and I have to say, hey, you know, come back, you know, fix something. He's like, dad, you know what? I'm like, hey, man, it matters. It counts. So um, it's important. But uh, I'm certainly not the disciplinarian in the household, but maybe I need to
0: be. And I'll tell you what: when it comes to do, helping them with their homework, it, I, I definitely have the advantage that my parents didn't have of Google. So I have an opportunity to, you know, act like I know more than I do sometimes when I get a chance to help them out with the homework. Some of the stuff is a lot different than the way I remembered it. Right? Yeah, how,
1: how often do we, like, you know, turn around, whip out our phones in the next room, and come back? You know, I can tell you the the capital <laughs> blah blah blah. You know,
0: definitely. oh, definitely, definitely, it's definitely a cheat sheet for us for sure. And, uh, how about as far as the the values, what would you say, Lucas, are the top values that you hope to instill in all three of your children, uh, as they grow up? Well, you know, I, I want my children to be good citizens, good Americans. I want them to be
1: patriotic. I want them to love their country. I want them to work hard. I want them to help others. There's been a few times where I have raised my voice with my son. You know, if he sees his, is, uh, you know, somebody struggling, if he sees his sister struggling, or his little brother, you know, I ask him, hey, help out. You know, if we're at the playground and a kid falls over and is crying, and if I don't see my son going over to help, I definitely scold him about that. I have raised my voice uh, to him a few times about that. So uh, I just want them to be good citizens. Uh, We're a Christian family. You know, I want them to, you know, to to worship, to to be good stewards uh, of the Christian faith, and to lead by example, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm not pushing them, you know, you know, athletics is a big part of our household. You know, we're big sports fans. We we play sports together. My son just uh, yesterday we went to the ball field and we're we're swinging. He's got little league coming up. His first practice was yesterday. I took him to. It was freezing, uh, but we were out there. And you know, but more when it comes to you know sports. And life and school. I just want them to be good people. You know, I'm not putting pressure on them about what college to go to or whether he's getting in the show, you know, become a big league ball player. It's about being a good person and being kind to others and being helpful. I think at the end of the day, for all our lives, for all of us, uh, I think we all want to be remembered uh, as a good person. I mean, let's just take Pierre since, you know, we were just talking about him and Sasha, you know, those were good people. You know, when you think about their lives, you think, they helped others. They did a lot. And I think being uh, a servant of others and helping others, I keep repeating that, but I just think it's important and, and not to be selfish. You know, I think uh, there's certainly some examples today of, of uh, you know, arguably maybe too many people thinking about themselves. And I just want uh, you know, my children to think about others and to help others.
0: Yeah, great stuff, Lucas. Yeah, I'm a faith-based guy myself. My favorite part of my day, we sit down as a family, all six of us, and eat dinner every night together. We pray together, and it's the most important part uh, of my day. And I know you got the little one behaving very well there with you as we're doing this. What has it? What? How has the sleep routine been here with with the third addition to the family there? And is it? How have your other siblings taken on that role now? Big brother, big sister. How has it all been going down for you guys?
1: My son's been pretty responsible, I have to say. He, you know, when I came back from Ukraine, I asked him. I was like, I usually make their breakfast in the morning. I was like, How did you do? This? He's like, I got my own cereal, Dad. You know, I was like, I was happy. He's like, I got the cereal from my, you know, from my uh, sister. And I was like, You know, great. Um, in terms of routines, uh, you know how it is with a newborn. You know, some nights are better than others. In fact, uh, last night, you know, we all, you know, this happens, right? You wake up, it's three thirty, baby's crying, and my wife is like, Can you get him a bottle? I was like. You know, you wait for half a beat because you're hoping he'll stop crying. And go back to sleep. Go back. It's like, no problem. Bottle it is. And I was like, want some coffee? So about 3.30 this morning, I went downstairs, fired up the coffee pot, got him a little bottle. And, uh, you know, it's a challenge. You know, we have a little gap there, you know, 7, 5, and now 4 months. So uh, some of it is is like, ah, oh, yeah, you remember how you do this, right? Changing diapers. And, in fact, right before this interview, I gave him a little bottle. And she used his diaper just because I was hoping, you know. Maybe what little I know about fatherhood is, uh, you know, a little a little diaper and and, and a um, (laughs) a bottle can work wonders. You know what I mean? So uh, that's where we are.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest, Louis, for for my wife and I going from two to three kids was the most challenging for us. I mean, that first year felt like one long day. So I I, I know what it's like. It it got a lot easier going three to four, believe it or not. So that but that two to three, because my oldest two uh, are 15 months apart and then adding the third one. Uh, it, it, it definitely uh, created some challenges for us, for sure.
1: If I had a dollar
0: for every time somebody said
1: zone defense, it's like, God, it. yeah. God.
0: <laughs>
1: but I guess, you know, this time of year, you're allowed to talk about zone defense.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, so so what's next for you here, um, uh, Lucas? What kind of plans or goals do you have here for yourself for the future? Well, I'm getting ready to go back to work tomorrow. Uh, very fortunate
1: to enjoy a little vacation, catch up with my family. I thought it was important uh, when I got back home. You remember I mentioned those uh, conversations with my kids and they're like, daddy, when are you coming home? So it was important that I spent some time with them. And that's why I took some vacation, um, for the last few weeks and I'm heading back in tomorrow. So I'll be back at the <laughs> Pentagon covering, uh, but I'm also a general assignment correspondent. So, uh, could be in the bureau and, uh, I do a weekend white house duty uh, for the channel. So, uh, I should be uh, back at the White House uh, uh, covering the White House on the weekends as well. So my weekend is is Monday and Tuesday. So between the Pentagon, the Bureau and the White House, uh, that's it.
0: Awesome. Last thing I'm going to hit you in here, Lucas, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening?
1: I don't even know if most, uh, most new dads need this advice, but you know, family comes first. I I mentioned earlier, I think I've done my best work as a father at the Fox News Channel. You know, it's one thing to be single and frankly think about yourself because you just don't have to think about others. Uh, You know, I also lost both my parents a few years ago. So a lot happened in a short uh, time for me. You know, I started at Fox almost a decade ago. I showed up with two parents uh and single and now i have no parents and i'm a father of three so all within uh, really a really a short time but you know what we don't hang our heads i in some ways actually see it as a blessing because i had great parents they instilled in me a work ethic my father was a great father he was there for me he wasn't gone all weekend didn't go out late uh, you know he was he was always there and he, certainly he worked hard there were times he was gone no question but I think uh, the biggest thing for for dads is just to be present, to be around. And certainly, when it comes, to, you know, to socially, you know, how it is, you have to ask yourself, is it really important that I spend time with someone outside the family? Because the bar has been raised, right? I mean, you know, when you're single, yes, you have more time for others. But I think uh, if it's not work and it's not family, uh, you know, it's you got to take a hard look at that. Is is it worth it? And I think uh, for me, and any advice I would have is. Is you got to be there for them because I know my kids. I, I have a great relationship with my children. I, I think they would say the same thing if we, we grabbed them. What do you think, John Paul, my good father? <laughs> we'll, take, we'll take that as a yes. But uh, I just think you have to be there for them and spend time because you don't get the years back. You know, I think there's sometimes I, I've heard this you know before that oh I'm, you know I'm working really hard so I can make money for my family, support my family, and I'll catch up with them later. But, you know, there really is no later. You know, these are impressionable years, especially with, you know, 7'5", and now this four-month-old, wow. you don't get the time back. And whether it's reading to him at night, saying prayers at night, like you mentioned, you know, prayers at the dinner table, uh, and just being there, taking my son to games. You know, I, I actually, you know, it's it's hard even going to games without my son uh, just because, uh, you know, I, I wish he was there. You know, he's my, my children are my best friends. In fact, we were just in Florida and uh, even though my wife wanted to spend as much time at the pool and beach as possible i had to go to a spring training game and we normally see our nationals but when i was in ukraine you know there was the baseball you know the mlb lockout we didn't know if there'd be baseball so my wife planned a trip to clearwater we had to go see the phillies and see hello to an old friend bryce harper um and uh, you know it was great but i those are the memories i have as a child doing things with my family And I think it's important to to spend as much time with them as possible. It's easy to get distracted, right? Especially in this day and age. In fact, my children, if they had a complaint, they'd say, dad spends too much time on his phone. Or like they don't, you know, sometimes they want to take pictures on my phone. But most of the time it's dad, no work, no work. Get (laughs) off the phone. Um, You know, it's wonderful. We can have this opportunity at at home to work sometimes. But as you know, sometimes you got to you got to put it down. And that wasn't always the case. But I, I do try to balance it out.
0: Yeah, very well said. Uh, I love the message. It's been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, Lucas Tomlinson, your first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here at First Class Fatherhood. Well, I try,
1: Alec. It's something we have to try hard on every day, right? We have to try very hard to be a good father and you can't stop every day.
0: Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Lucas Tomlinson for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, and drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Don't forget, the pre-order for my new book, First Class Fatherhood, Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads, is now available. Link in today's show notes. You can pick up a copy on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart. Wherever you buy books, pre-order yourself a copy. The book launches on April 12th. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.